0: Right, creatures of the night. Welcome to episode ninety-four of Talking Taker, our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all My name is Alex D'Orio, and I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, my tag team partner. My wrestling buddy, the man in the box himself, Mr. Travis White. And Travis, you know, we talk about our past on the show. We've known each other for uh, about 20 years now. We we talk about our past. We've exchanged a lot of great gifts with each other. and We've talked about that on the show. I even gave you a gift on the show. um, You did. Helping induct you as a member of the right to censor. But, boy, nobody has us beat on gifts like the big show does he not that's
1: right he gives the best gifts of all gifts of that can ever time. be given yeah of all time do you so, think it's because I, so he... I just need to say something to you as yeah. my best friend and the gifts i've given you is just i'm really really
0: sorry i'm really really sorry i haven't
1: given you better gifts than that <laughs> i <I'll> forgive you <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sorry>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Do you think Big Show gives such good gifts because he used to be one of Santa's elves, like in the in <laughs> Jingle All the Way? <laughs>
1: I do think so. That's
0: where he learned <laughs> it from. That's
1: exactly. I mean, Sinbad taught him the way. Or no, is
0: that Sinbad? Was
1: it Sinbad in that? Oh, Yeah, Sinbad was. was in that. Yeah, yeah he was. Away. And then the Arnold. Yeah. Oh man. Good stuff.
0: Well, folks, we are of course having a good laugh at the build-up to No Way Out 2003. I mean, just reading it back on paper, one of the most insane build-ups you'll ever see. It is bonkers. It is off the wall, and it's so much fun. And I can't wait to talk about some iconic moments involving the big show and uh, a bunch of random people coming out of boxes. (laughs) So that's what's going to lead us to a pay-per-view match as The Undertaker finally takes on the big show here from February 2003. Man, let's dive right into it. We're going to recap the storyline going into it, talk about the match and its place in The Undertaker's career as we do every single week. So we will take our time travel motorcycle back to the SmackDown after Royal Rumble 2003 where The Undertaker came this close to defeating Brock Lesnar and going to the main event of WrestleMania but instead he gets the booby prize of going up against the big <laughs> show here and no way out.
1: He drew the short straw there. So <laughs> that's for sure. But yeah, so SmackDown 179 on January 23rd, 03. The cold open starts with Stephanie saying that Taker's gonna be back on SmackDown. She's got a huge surprise. She also has two other huge surprises for the fans at home who likes to show off. But anyway, we get some more Nathan Jones promos. <laughs> I just mentioned that because he's gonna we're like teasing. We're like Marvel setting up uh, future episodes here. You know, just dropping a little Easter egg, so yeah. I wanna say this this Easter egg is actually spoiled. <laughs> we just <got laughs> Nathan Jones promo, so two thumbs down. But he's coming.
0: He's like when you see Falcon and the end scene of a of a Marvel movie. It's just it's yes. just disappointing. You know, no one <laughs> no one gets excited about that.
1: <laughs> oh well Josh Matthews, who is I guess fresh off his stint from uh tough enough maybe i don't know he didn't make it quite but he's a massive tool and he is going to interview the big show who uh, <laughs> looks like he just walked out of a big and tall like men's store looks... off the racks <laughs> so, off the rack off the charts it's incredible
0: man it looks awful
1: <laughs> yeah Well, Josh Matthews goes to interview him about Taker's return tonight, and he's like, are you concerned? And then Big Show just wraps his giant hand around Josh Matthews' face, pulls him in real close like they're going to make out or something, and then just pats him on the face like a baby and walks away. It's like, it's very Heidenreich-esque, what's going to become Heidenreich.
0: (laughs) You can't bring up Nathan Jones and Heidenreich in the same episode, Travis. And drive all our <laughs> listeners away. Well,
1: I'm really, really sorry. <laughs> oh, that that actually does mean something, ladies and gentlemen. We'll, we'll get to that we'll in a minute. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Taker is walking up to his bike backstage, and he's rocking a nice new uh, outfit. He's got a red, big, evil shirt mm-hmm. on, so he's changed the color scheme to red. You know, um, he's rides out to just a fantastic, fantastic ovation, and he's gets in the ring, and he says. Uh, Four of the best words from uh, that Aaron Lewis from stage has ever said in his life. He says, "It's been a while." <laughs> exactly. That's it. That's it, man. He Says it's been a while, and uh, the crowd's pumped, man. They're excited, and he says, you know, since he's been gone, there's been way too much talking, not enough butt kicking on SmackDown. I so, agree, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, without question. So he says all he's been thinking about the last three months uh, is that. And he says, you know, I got one thing
0: on my mind tonight, and it's revenge. I'm here tonight with nothing but bad
1: intentions. And which, that's just, that's classic Taker stuff, stop. Right there. So good. <laughs> yeah, great stuff. And then he, he rolls that beautiful bean footage of the Big Show's attack. They put him on the shelf for three months. And uh, then calls out Big Show to come get some, and says, "You know, if you don't come out here, you're not going to walk out of this arena tonight." So just, you know, kind of threatening Big Show. And then it is the Big Show. He comes out. <laughs> the and, world's uh,
0: largest vice principal, the Big Show. <laughs> <laughs> he, looks so stupid.
1: he does. He does. <laughs> World's largest vice principal for sure. And he comes out on the stage and uh, in his gigantic suit, and he's threatening the, to beat him up again. You know, like that's what they do. And um, he uh, says that if he comes down there, he's like, you know, neither one of us is going to come back, or both of us aren't going to come back up that ramp. You know, mm. it's just going to be one of us. We're not going to both walk out. So um, he says, though, that he has a contingency plan. He says, I'll come down that ramp. And he takes his jacket off. Which again, we know in wrestling, just bare-chested nudity is ready for like fighting. You know, the so more clothes saying. come off, the
0: more intense it's going to get.
1: <laughs> and <this laughs> is for men wrestling, not the pit. Brown panties—they're yeah. all all littered throughout this buildup. If <laughs> you watch the rest of these shows, <laughs> uh, and it's always Dom Marie and Tori every week. They anyway. had a
0: best of seven brown panties series. I best believe. of seven months, I think. <laughs> The best seven months of my life.
1: (laughs) Getting the train back in the station here, Big Show says that he's uh he's actually gonna have somebody else answer taker's challenge, and that's gonna be the A train. I forgot they had that that definite (sighs) article the He was the A
0: train, yeah.
1: Yeah, the A train, not A Train. Um and Taker has the absolute perfect response, and he just shakes his head. Just <laughs> shakes his head back, like, no. Like, he's not amused. But that's what uh, the crowd was
0: doing, too. No reaction to the A-Train at all.
1: Right. But, again, they're trying to push this dude. We mentioned it last week, you know, and they're trying to push him. And uh, it's just, so tonight's going to be a battle of the uh, A-Train versus <clears throat> the emotional freight train. So that's right. head-on collision going here. <laughs> so like that math problem of two trains head the same direction whatever i don't it's know like uh yeah. unbreakable
0: isn't that what happens in unbreakable yes yeah. it's just yeah. like I'm sure that. that's what they were inspired by <laughs> probably <laughs> so came out around
1: this time probably so um well this match actually a train gets a lot of offense again they're trying to push him and taker's a company guy and you know he must see something in him because he lets him get a lot of offense and taker does his signature spots and doesn't seem like he's lost a step at all to me man he's oh yeah looking great looking awesome that time off has been really good for him and uh uh in my opinion take a train gets way too much offense but whatever but he, and speaking of that he kicks out of a choke slam which is
0: it's rare huge. back yeah. then yeah it's
1: a big deal you know big deal for that to happen and for taker to let that happen you know and uh taker makes him tap though to the tcb uh, dragon sleeper so hadn't seen that in a little bit so it was good to see that come back and again making a big boy tap out was nice <laughs> so and um i did want to mention this that stephanie's surprise later on was that the return of hulk hogan so the reason i mentioned that i know we're talking taker but you know over on raw steve austin is coming back so we've had about a what 10 month uh maybe nine month run here without austin and uh, hogan's been gone for a little while since you know last summer so just kind of as we talk about the changing of the business, you know, those two big names, two of the biggest names of all time, and The Rock have been gone for a while. So they're all three going to come back into the picture here around WrestleMania time. So. WrestleMania season. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. The beginning of that, really. We yeah. kind of
0: talked about this is really the first time that's happening, or maybe last year a little bit, but the yeah. part-timers starting to take over uh, around WrestleMania time, the biggest time of the year. Yeah. Well, that rolls us into SmackDown episode 180 here on uh, January 30th, 2003, to continue the story with Undertaker and Big Show, uh, Massive Tool Josh Matthews is going to speak with Paul Heyman, and uh, Paul Heyman is... uh, (laughs) Is that like his interest name? Yeah. Massive Tool Josh (laughs) Matthews. Investigative journalist Michael Cole, Massive Tool Josh Matthews. He's talking to Heyman. Heyman is continuing the questionable fashion choices by wearing a scarf here tonight. Uh, Looks uh, a little bit like a tool himself, but whatever. He's Paul Heyman. He can pull it off. And uh, Matthews is asking if we will finally see Big Show answer Undertaker's challenge tonight. And Heyman reiterates that Big Show said last week, if the two of them met, then one of them would not make it to the locker room. And he's implying that Big Show would be the one to take out Undertaker. Uh, He's saying Undertaker is an animal. He doesn't really want a match. He wants revenge. So Big Show is going to have no part of it. And uh, when Undertaker arrives here tonight, he will be very disappointed because the Big Show has the night off.
1: I was not disappointed in that. I
0: was excited. It turns out Big Show is going to get the month off, basically. I don't know how (laughs) he managed that. The time off (laughs) schedule in WWE is very strange.
1: (laughs) And he didn't have to get that off the of stage. He just no, gets a whole month off. stays a month off. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, uh, Heyman is talking to Big Show uh, on the phone backstage because Paul Heyman has got his cell phone as, yeah. as usual. He's got a flip phone here in these days, though. But he he's kind of freaking out because he saw The Undertaker arrive earlier tonight. And out of the corner of his eye, he notices a young man making his Talking Taker debut here. The very young, the Brian Kendrick.
1: Just like yes, sir. We have
0: train We've got the Brian Kendrick here. <laughs> fresh out of Shawn Michaels Wrestling School, man. Which Brian Kendrick? A Brian Kendrick? <laughs> the Brian Kendrick.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, and, man. I tell you what. I was a fan of this guy. Yeah, he, this guy.
0: he had a lot of hype surrounding him online. Of course, him and... Daniel Bryan or Ryan Danielson back then, the most famous graduates of Shawn Michaels' uh, short-lived wrestling school. And uh, Lance Cade as well famously mm-hmm. graduated from there. But even back then in 2003, I remember reading a lot online about these two guys and mm-hmm. being excited about them possibly debuting. Um, he he may have even competed in Ring of Honor at this point. I'm not sure. I, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, it idea. had
1: just started in like um... – yeah march february of 2002 so i think he might have been there for a little bit yeah
0: but um he talking about questionable fashion i mean how would you describe (laughs) the sweater he was wearing backstage travis um two thumbs up it
1: is like it's the most cosby and like, Danny Tanner, like, sweater of all time, but it's, like, 15 years later. But it's grunge. Amazing. Like, I can yeah, see,
0: like, Eddie like vetta yes. wearing it in 93 also. Oh, like. yeah.
1: it's it's. Is it, like, Peach? It's got, like, a flower on it or something? Yeah. It's, it's fantastic, man. It's just, yeah, you could definitely see, like, speaking of a man in the box, yeah, like, Lane Staley rocking it from Alice in Chains concert. It's, like, wrapped around his waist or something. So, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved all of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we, Heyman points out. You're that kid that was uh, trained by Shawn Michaels, right? Yes, <laughs> sir, Brian Kendrick. It's nice to meet you. I'm sure it is. Heyman, he's giving him this great idea. He's like, you know, I, I managed the last three WWE champions Kurt Angle, yeah. Big Show, Brock Lesnar, and I make people stars. So I have an opportunity to make you a star tonight, Brian Kendrick. And Kendrick says, oh, yeah, I'd do anything to make it in this business. So. We leave it at that, wondering what Paul Heyman could be talking about here, and we go into the exciting matchup of Bill DeMont versus Rikishi in a real wrestling match that aired on network television.
1: This is the third straight week, bro. (laughs) The third week in a row that they have wrestled. (laughs) The third week. They wrestled the week before uh, Rumble. They wrestled last week. I didn't cover it, and then they wrestled this week. It is insane. You talk about matches getting repetitive in 2019. Who wants to see these two (laughs) J-Brones roll around? Not J-Brones, but, you know, Rikishi is what he is. But him and Bill DeMott had no character at this point. No. There was was nothing to it. They were just scraping the bottom of the barrel. Sorry. Go ahead.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry that we have to talk about this happening. Are you really? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, Undertaker hated seeing it, too, because Bill DeMott (laughs) – He wins the match, and before he can even make it backstage, Undertaker tries to run him over on his bike on the way to the ring, thankfully. Uh, Because he just can't wait to get out to the ring. We cut to commercial, and we come back uh, with Taker. He is just chilling on the ring steps with the microphone. (laughs) I I need to see this footage that happened during the break of Taker talking to the crowd for three minutes. I, I bet it was great. Undertaker is saying... So I guess this is the time that I'm supposed to tell everybody about all the things I'm going to do to Big Show, and I'm supposed to entertain you with my wit and intellect. You see, the dead man's got a new philosophy since he's been back. And that is, just shut up and fight. (laughs) There you go. Taking right. that message from last week and reduced it. I, I can't believe we never got a t shirt with that on there.
1: I say we could, we could say a little less talking, and a lot more action. Ooh, what he was looking for. Wait. <laughs> shut up and fight. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, how was there not like a
1: big evil shut up and
0: fight shirt? I mean, maybe we have to make one. I don't know. Ah, it could be. Be on the lookout, folks. Tpublic.com. <laughs> Search for Talking Taker. Support the show. Uh, Anyway, so he's going to shut up and fight, and he wants the big show to be a man to come out here and fight. And uh, I did notice during this time there was like a million Undertaker signs in the crowd this night. He is super over right now. Oh, yeah. Fans came to see him. Absolutely. Well, you know, he wants to shut up and fight, but the big show, his music plays, and he's not going to come out and fight. Paul Heyman's going to come out and talk yet again. Uh, he reminds Taker that Big Show's not here tonight, but Big Show has sent Undertaker a very personal message. And here we see, making his debut in the arena, the Brian Kendrick coming out in a telegram delivery outfit from, like, the (laughs) 50s. Like like a bellhop. A bellhop, yeah, that sort of (laughs) outfit. Riding a little pink children's bicycle <laughs> with a bell on it to the ring <laughs> that they went out and bought at Walmart that afternoon. Uh,
1: you know Vince is cackling backstage. Oh my god. <laughs> That's <laughs> the
0: funniest thing ever to him. Uh, Kendrick's got like a headset mic on and he is as soon as he gets in the ring he's already regretting what he's about to have to do here. He's scared of Undertaker but Taker is kind of bemused by this and says you know just go ahead and deliver that message before you wet yourself here tonight. Yeah. <laughs> And well, Brian Kendrick, he's got a singing telegram to offer from the big show, and what did he say during that telegram? Travis
1: he said he's really,
0: really sorry, he's really, really sorry.
1: he'll never, ever do it again. I sound like the little Gaston's little buddy from Breeding the bees the foo.
0: Somewhere uh, in there is what Brian Kendrick did. Yeah. Yeah. He's somewhere in there. But uh oh man. Dude, he's
1: great. He gives it his all, man. He gives it his all.
0: He is, man. Brian Kendrick is <clears> awesome <throat> here. Like we can't put that over enough. He's he's playing the character perfectly. He goes all in on it, and we've seen a million extras on WWE television. You have to do stupid stuff like this, and mm-hmm. nine times out of the ten they're terrible, but Kendrick was great here. He, mm-hmm. did, he was not embarrassed or ashamed at all to go out there and do this. And Undertaker gives the greatest WTF stare ever to this <laughs> kid. He sells it perfectly, too.
1: Oh, yeah. It, I cannot put over Taker's subtle, like, his subtlety here. And his, what he's about to do next, too. It's, he's hilarious. Just his subtlety.
0: Yeah, this Taker whole segment's is one
1: funny guy. Yeah.
0: So Paul – or – Undertaker asks Haman if this is supposed to be funny, and Paul is just incredulous, saying, no, this is this is supposed to be an apology <laughs> from the Big Show. And Taker says, well, I've got a message for Big Show. When he finally comes face-to-face with the Undertaker, he truly will be sorry. And, and Paul Haman is just <clears throat> aghast at that and, and walks away. And unfortunately, Brian Kendrick did not get the message that he was supposed to walk away at that point because... <laughs> He starts holding out his hand for a tip from the Undertaker, because <laughs> he gave him a telegram. You know? yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> and Undertaker's like, "Okay, kid, I-, I see you got a lot of guts, not a lot of brains, but a lot of guts, and I like somebody who's got guts." So Undertaker pulls out his wallet from out of his yeah. <laughs> out of his jeans and gives Brian Kendrick a fat <laughs> stack of hundreds, man. Very generous of him.
1: Peels off a few hundreds and gives it to him,
0: man. (laughs) And he even asks for an encore from Kendrick, as Taz calls Undertaker a true sweetheart. (laughs) But uh, before Kendrick can hit the big finish on his song again, Undertaker hits one of his biggest finishes ever and just soars Brian Kendrick up for a last ride. And then, like a true heel, he walks over and steals his money back from McIntyre's <laughs> pocket.
1: And, and that's the subtlety I'm talking about. It was just hilarious. Like, goes to walk away, stops, turns around, goes back, grabs the money. Like you said, just like a heel move, but it's a taker, so it's fine. So, it was awesome, man.
0: I mean, what a bizarre segment. And in lesser hands, it's could have. This could have been a disaster. Like, yeah. But somehow they pull off this comedy, and it works. And It also sells you on Taker versus Big Show because they're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, we mentioned some Memphis build uh, with with the Undertaker and Brock stuff. But this is very much old school Mm -hmm. territorial build where they're going to have some almost comedic segments, but it's all stalling before we can get to this match and not giving it to us, not giving it to us, not giving it to us week after week before we actually get it with take her in a big show somehow it makes you want to see that match more it does more, man which you wouldn't necessarily want to see on paper
1: yeah exactly and again kudos to Kendrick for pulling this off man he again one of the top two standouts trained by the greatest you know Shawn Michaels and uh you know when he he's like I don't want to grow up and be a singing telegram operator <laughs> right. but like he does it he went so well you know and uh he's still there today kicking it you know one of the legends backstage it's just so weird like he's a he's an old-timer now you know but and uh he's a really cool guy if you ever listen to a podcast with him or so he's a he's a neat guy
0: i'd so, love to see him break out of the 205 live bubble at least one more time mm-hmm. do some more stuff on the main <laughs> roster he could former could
1: heavyweight champion yeah from the championship scramble match remember that <laughs> <laughs> we might touch on him, him again actually yeah, i think we will yeah I yeah, think so.
0: we will get to talk about him way into the future yeah. which is cool
1: Yeah, well, um, going to the future here on SmackDown 181 on February 6th, uh, 2003, so this is a a day after your birthday here, we see this crane. (sighs) What a present
0: this episode is going to (laughs) be. Exactly.
1: So you get a birthday present a day late from the big show, apparently, so we see this crane in this arena, and it's attached to this huge wooden box with a big red bow on it, and uh, it says, To Undertaker from Big Show. So, and he has excellent <laughs> handwriting. I mean, it's like calligraphy. It's fantastic. <laughs> and I taught that in Aiken, South Carolina schools. But anyway, um, the crane moves this box to the stage by the time the first match starts. So, I don't understand why it's in the ring. Then he goes to the stage, and then later on it comes back to the ring. But whatever. It's all about
0: presentation. <clears throat> yeah.
1: It is. It is. So, later on, Heyman comes out uh, to the top of the ramp, and he stands next to this, the big box here. And he's... uh. He asked the monkeys that he hired to bring the gift to the ring to take uh, for Taker's gift. He says, "You know, take it to the ring." So we go to commercial, come back, and we see uh, Taker's in the ring, and he's like looking at the box, eyeing it, checking it out. And Heyman says, "Last week, that Taker turned a deaf ear to the singing telegram, and uh, he says that uh, Big Show is not here again tonight." And the crowd actually pops for this one. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's uh, not here to the crowd like, Yay Poor big show. <laughs> yeah, poor guy, man. But you know, however, in lieu of that, he sent a, a gift for Taker, you know, not not a saying telegram, an actual physical gift. So hey tell taker, um, come out and, and find your most appropriate gift. So um Taker rides out as Michael Cole puts over this special edition of WWE Magazine just came out with Taker featuring never-before-seen photos of him from high school. So, I don't know how it's never been seen before. <laughs> they just never developed. They just found, like, the,
0: the film in, like, the dark room. Just, just developed. developed. <laughs> <laughs> they got the exclusive. <laughs> but uh yeah, I tried to look some stuff up on this magazine. I when I saw the cover and Googled it, I remembered that magazine being out in the stores and you know, I think we talked way, way back on an early episode about sitting in the grocery store magazine aisles yeah. back in the day yep. as kids. Our parents would just leave us there while they shopped. <laughs> oh yeah. Unattended, reading wrestling magazines. Uh yeah. that's a relic of a bygone era but i remember that magazine i couldn't find like scans of the magazine so mm. i i would venture to believe some of our creatures of the night out there probably have that magazine so if any of you guys out there want to share some of those unseen pictures or interesting stuff from that magazine we'd love to see it hit us up on social media at talking taker on twitter facebook or instagram cuz i couldn't find anything on it but would love to see it folks
1: <clears throat> oh for sure yeah i couldn't find anything either but i got I got a feeling some of our listeners might have this. I know one in particular that might have <laughs> Okay. I think I think I think he might have one. We'll see if he he usually comes through for us. We'll see what happens. But anyway, um so yeah, Decker comes out, he's <clears throat> eyeing the box and kicks the door, then he opens the door and he cannot believe what he is seeing as out from the box comes
0: It's Brother Love, dude. Brother oh, Love.
1: My oh, my word. Brother Love comes out, hugs Taker. And, again, those of you who have been with us from the beginning, you know that this is the man that brought Taker to the dance here. He's yeah. He was his original manager for Paul Bear. one, so episode
0: one, Survivor Series 1990. Man, and a. Hey, Part of history that was kind of ignored by WWE right. a lot of the time, but they sure. you know selectively reference it here. Right. And, I mean, I think we last saw Brother Love. Well, he was at WrestleMania X Seven, but last really saw him like in 1996 doing yeah. anything significant on uh, on TV. So this is a true blast from the past here. And, oh yeah, you know you know what Bruce Prichard says about people coming out of boxes. <laughs>
1: You're over.
0: <laughs> he, Jim Cornette that, actually J- yeah, says Jim that. Yeah, Jim Cornette.
1: Pritchard says, Jim Cornette says that.
0: Come out of a box. You're over.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so here's uh, Brother Love getting over again, so he must be over. But, yeah, it comes out – because they're in Philadelphia, I believe. That's the, the whole thing here. brotherly love. Yeah. So Brother Love says, it's good to see Taker again. He's got a message of love and forgiveness. He says he should forgive the big show. And he says – uh, do you remember who brought you here to the wwe <laughs> i love how he says that he just enunciates the it. WWE. yeah <laughs> one icon to another do you remember the lessons of love and forgiveness so it's just great man and you know pritchard's having a blast doing it you know he yeah. says he he says he doesn't like doing it but he loves it so and um but he, as he's asking these questions, he won't give Taker, like, a chance to answer, he, you know. And then finally, Taker just grabs his hand, cuts him off, and he says, uh, I think the question is, do you remember this? And then Taker just goozles him and just chokes Lance <laughs> Brother Love just to a huge pop from the crowd.
0: Yeah, he doesn't quite get up as much as Brian Kendrick did.
1: No, 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 no. He's just not. He's... He's overweight. <laughs> 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 On the skull, like we see, Richard will tell you that himself. You know. So. Um, anyway, and then that's not enough though, because oh, then no. Taker's going to have to do the old throat slash taunt and a tombstone. And this, this might be one of my favorite tombstones I've ever we've <laughs> seen here, fucking Tiger, because he gets him up, and then he just does the double thumbs down. <laughs> like this guy sucks. And he just Tombstones. <laughs> It's just amazing that little added nuance to the two thumbs down was just phenomenal because you can see it go through his mind like right before he does it. It's just like, oh, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> just double thumbs down, and then tombstone in the the uh, in the city of brotherly love, old brother love there. So just great stuff, man. And um, I really love this. I love that it's been three weeks since the pay per view and Big Show and Taker haven't touched, but they're still continuing the story. You know, good stuff, man.
0: And Big Show hasn't even been on TV for two weeks.
1: Yeah, even better. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm Man, giving Big Show a hard time. I'm just kidding. We are. Yeah.
0: Dude, I, I hated Brother Love as a kid. Like, could not stand him, <laughs> which I realized as an adult, that's exactly how I was exactly. supposed to feel. But yeah. Oh, my God. Whenever Brother Love segment would come up on a Coliseum Video, I would just groan and hate it so much. <laughs> but his shtick <laughs> where he would ask the question and then... Put the mic in their face yeah. and yank it away before they can answer. Oh my god, it's such a great heel stick. Looking back oh, on yeah. it, knowing what I know now about wrestling, it's it's perfect because I did hate it as a kid yeah. and it was really well done. He does it perfectly here, but
1: uh he slides right back into that role. He does like, like an old comfortable pair of shoes here, man. It's just great. So. And uh, well, someone who only had shoes on
0: is <laughs> go ahead and tell us what our boy Brian Kendrick doing well, the rest of this night. <laughs> after that momentous debut with the Undertaker, he's going to steal a page out of our, our boy Midian's book and try to make an impact. <laughs> Not a good book, <laughs> the steal. book of Midian, uh, by streaking by picking up that gimmick, and he's uh, actually inspired by Sean O'Hare doing that Devil's Advocate gimmick oh. that he did short lived that.
1: I I think, oh
0: man, we all loved it back then. We loved the potential of that gimmick and it just never clicked in anything besides really cool vignettes. Kind of scares me a little bit about Firefly Funhouse. Like, I hope Mm. those are more than just really cool vignettes. But I would say Bray Wyatt's a bit more talented than Sean O'Hare, even though we were big fans of his at WCW.
1: Yeah, he's from Hilton Head, South Carolina, man. I love that dude. I remember I got a Dosey magazine with him as a bunch of guys in power plant and they were in it. And I'm at Hilton Head on vacation, reading this article, and then boom, he debuts on TV in Natural Born I was so excited, man! Wow. I was a huge fan right then and there. So, yeah, can you imagine that dude was around? It I mean, obviously he's passed away, but like, yeah. imagine if he was on the roster today. Like, he would be a stud because he can actually go, and he's a big guy, you know. Like, he was ahead know. of his
0: time, you know. He Doing was the, man. The Shanton bomb, and yeah, you know, he's just a guy. I'm sure WWE would say, "Oh, he just couldn't cut it." But I always got the impression they just didn't know what to do with him. Like I, I feel like he was talented. Exactly. He he did his best with stuff, but they, uh, you know, yeah, he had-, he had the WCW stink on him a little bit. Like if yeah, he had come exactly. up in OVW, I think he could have been like a oh, yeah. like a Batista type guy. Yep. But he had
1: Mike, Mike. He and Mike Awesome very similar in that they like, both both big guys that can fly around and do stuff and. Yeah, I think you're right. If they both come up with OVW, they'd have been stars. Yeah, but anyway.
0: that's a shame. Well, uh, let's take it to SmackDown 182 on February 13th, 2003. So we're right before Valentine's Day. So we're gonna get uh, you know a nice another wonderful gift from the Big Show, another big present from him, and another giant box is up on the stage here, uh, and you know perfectly written out to Undertaker from Big Show <laughs> on there. Later on in the night, after Tori Wilson gets invited by the Girls Gone Wild guy to come to their spring break pay per view, uh, we see the next oh, big gift word. lifted on into the ring. Are we covering that show next week, Travis?
1: Yeah, yeah it's a bonus show. That's uh,
0: on our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a we'll private Patreon. <laughs> we'll cover that. Oh man,
1: this dude was a sleaze. He just, oh, just yeah. looking at him, man. Just he was gross. creepy. Yeah.
0: Well, Paul Heyman is out with that gift in the ring, and he says that Big Show is his favorite client. He, he runs yeah. through all his clients, and he's got a long list of them at this point, but Big Show is his favorite.
1: Has anyone else ever? I meant to bring this up a minute ago when you talk about him managing the three successive champions. Has anyone else ever done that?
0: I don't think I wonder, so. I can't think Bobby of anything Heenan. like I don't that. Think
1: Bobby Heenan wouldn't have. Nah. That's a pretty neat fact, man.
0: Yeah, uh, he was a huge part of SmackDown at this point. Oh, yeah.
1: Behind the scenes and
0: in front of the That's scenes. That's right. So,
1: yeah. But yeah, uh, favorite client, Big Show. So It's
0: putting him mm. over, man. Yeah. He uh, runs down how Undertaker rejected a singing telegram and a man of the cloth. But tonight is going <laughs> to be different. <laughs> it's only Heyman could get it over like this. <laughs> and tonight's gift from Big Show, it requires a little bit of culture hint hint wink wink so undertaker's music hits and paul gets that signature sinister smile on his face and paul's like excited he's even doing undertaker's fist bump to the chest and saluting undertaker as he comes out playing these mind games with him but just like last week Heyman leaves before the undertaker can hit the ring and goes to stand up at the top of the aisle and undertaker's circle in the box the announcers are speculating that maybe there's candy or roses in the crate since valentine's is coming up tomorrow you know it's just a giant supply of both of those <laughs> yeah it's in- a lot of candy instead undertaker opens the box and we hear some words that if you go back in the history of the show you know is going to make us very excited <laughs> the <kind> of hell <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, Which, that is what you hear on the WWE Network yeah. if you watch
1: this. If you watched it live, you would have heard this. Do you really want to hurt me? The hell? Do you really want to make me cry? Do you really want to hurt me? Oh, my God. Do you really want to make me cry?
0: Make me quiet brother love when you need him. The Coming out of the box <laughs> is Chris Canyon dressed oh, Chris up Canyon. as Boy George for singing the culture club, culture club. song from ten years ago. <laughs> Fifteen years ago oh, from the 80s. Fifteen
1: probably probably mid eighties. Oh golly. It, dude, he has the greatest beard. He has that, like, he, <laughs> he shaved the inside of his beard off. He just has the outline of it. It's amazing.
0: It is amazing, and it is so bizarre and out of left field. We haven't seen Kenyon yes, in, yes. in two years. <laughs> I get, he's coming for revenge, man. He is. <laughs> from from SummerSlam.
1: <laughs> he is, man. Yeah, we haven't seen him in a long time, and they finally were like, you know what? I got an idea. <laughs> I
0: got an idea. <laughs>
1: oh, I got an idea. Dress him boy, like, George. Uh, <laughs> but poor George, or like he looks like um, Jack Sparrow, which that movie hadn't even come out yet. And uh, oh wow, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, this had to be a rib on him because he's, you know,
0: because he, he was, was what he, he was. was yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, it. I and mean, that was not a fact back then, but it was, probably was in the locker room right. uh, during that time. So this is all very strange, uh, and the it adds to the strangeness because it is edited on the WWE Network. Yeah. Like, I had to... I, I I was doing one of those things that we've done during this time, like, do I remember this right? Like, right. Because I watched <laughs> it on the network and I thought I remembered him singing Culture Club and I had to scroll through YouTube to find a clip of mm-hmm. the actual thing, but it's very heavily edited on the network. I guess it's one of those things where they didn't have the music rights, but maybe not, as we'll discover right. here in, in a little bit. Uh, because... Instead, it's a voiceover of Canyon saying, who better than Canyon? And like, it's really like the video is heavily edited. It shoots to the crowd, shoots to Heyman. You can see Canyon talking, but his lips don't match up with what he's saying. And he says on the the network, he says, there is one better. And I can learn a lot from this man as he sneak attacks Undertaker from behind. It doesn't really make any sense. I don't know when they recorded that or where they got that clip from. It's very weird.
1: Yeah, it didn't make any sense.
0: But the point of it is that Canyon is going to end up sneak attacking Undertaker in both sets of footage here, uh, and you know, getting that SummerSlam 2001 revenge for him and DDP, and and <laughs> <laughs> he uh, tosses Undertaker outside. But or, but Taker, I mean, he quickly recovers and, and tosses Canyon outside. He beats him up. He's tossing him into the table, and then absolutely. <laughs> destroys Canyon with one of the nastiest chair shots to the head you mm. will ever see anywhere.
1: Legit. Seriously. It Oof. was uncomfortable to watch, man. I mean, and, ugh,
0: it heinous. was awful.
1: Yeah, really nasty. And Heyman's like, he's a human being. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he literally <laughs> said that out loud. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, but who better at taken the headshots than Canyon? Nobody, because that was r- ridiculous. But, um... That's four weeks. No touching, Big Show and Undertaker. Now, man. No,
0: but he touched Chris Canyon. <laughs> the touch you would <laughs> never forget here. Um, and it's Undertaker. He's like an ungrateful kid on Christmas morning, man. He's throwing a hissy fit over these gifts. He does not appreciate <laughs> them here. But like, just reading back what we've said, we've got Chris Canyon dressed as Boy George, singing with a very <laughs> exaggerated lisp. That's, it's like a Mad Lib brother love coming out of a box Brian Kendrick doing a singing telegram like, I want what Bruce Pritchard was smoking during this time as he was writing this because this is off the rails this is so weird and yet somehow it works exactly it's
1: uh, they, very had, like, a yeah, they had a board with like wrestler names and then like gimmicks or like things to do and just like threw them out of it seems like. and then, like alright Oh man, yeah, it's it's out of control, man. Whatever they were smoking when they were writing this stuff was was ridiculous. But yeah, it's just somehow it works, like you said, man. It does. Well, <clears throat> that's going to take us to SmackDown 183 on February 20th, 03, and this time, this week, there are two huge boxes oh. on the stage from Big Show to Taker. So he's going to, you know, present double the double the pleasure and double the fun, I guess. So, well, we get. <laughs> Another Again a little easter egg here A little Nathan Jones Is going to sit down With investigative journalist Michael Cole And he's uh, Exactly Exactly And uh, apparently He's going to be debuting Next week So um, Stay tuned for that folks And um, he says It's been He's enjoyed being in America And they've been Really forgiving of his past The American people have You know Because he served his time For armed robbery And he's ready for a fresh start And coming next week With some unfinished business He has with the biggest dog In the yard and uh, I, g- I guess that means Taker, and Cole even speculates that in a few seconds over on commentary, like live commentary. He's like, I guess he means he has unfinished business with Undertaker. So
0: I don't remember Undertaker being in a prison in Australia, but right <laughs> that's a part I, of his backstory we don't know about here.
1: Yeah, and then Dude. Nathan Jones goes <laughs> full-on alternate wars it's talking so about that. weird. And I, I, I can't. Even, I can't repeat because I don't even know what he's saying, man. It's like a Bray Wyatt mind freak, but not cool at not all. Not
0: Good, yeah, yeah. Folks, if you don't remember Nathan Jones and you don't know who we're talking about, we will we will go in depth on this short lived guy. They had very, very, very high hopes for back in two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Next week, as he gets intertwined with the Undertaker, so stay yep. tuned for that, folks.
1: Yep. And uh, we see Taker backstage on his way out as we as both the cranes are going to be lifted into the ring. I mean, the cranes, excuse me, the cranes are going to lift both the boxes into the ring. Uh, and Taz and Michael Cole kind of recap what's going on, and you know Sam Taker can't wait to get his hands on the Big Show. And um, one of these boxes is a lot larger than the other one. You can tell it's significantly bigger. So, and um, a couple of cool signs like you you mentioned. There's a cool cool uh spray painted big evil banner in the crowd and another one says uh, what to say my so, sister dragged me here <laughs> 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 oh that's great that's great you know that kid wanted to be there they didn't oh, confiscate yeah. signs back then like we do nowadays so
0: or spray painted banners
1: yeah exactly so you don't see as well, many of those um, on
0: the crowd anymore
1: no you really don't man i think the most famous one the last uh, few years we've been that scene of We Riot when when that's that's spray painted. Yeah. But um anyway, Taker comes out, he's not amused by these two boxes, you know, and uh, he gets in the ring and he opens up the first box and this little brown, adorable cocker spaniel just walks out. <laughs> Bless her heart, man. That thing was in that box for who knows how long. Yes! So a little puppy comes out. And
0: Crated out to the ri- like <clears throat> come on, poor dog.
1: I know. Well the and just the image of The Undertaker looking (laughs) eyeball to eyeball with a Cocker (laughs) spaniel It's just something that at this point in my life in 2003, I didn't think I would ever see, you know, because, uh, again, even though he wasn't one of my favorites, like, you know, he wasn't the, we've, we've gone on record saying we were fans, but, you know, he wasn't, we wouldn't have called him our favorite at the time, but, you know, just still seeing that and following his career as a fan, like never would have thought of seeing him look eye- like the cocker spaniel eyeball <laughs> to eyeball. Like yeah, just
0: think about bizarre. the Undertaker we started talking about, or right. the Ministry Undertaker. Like he'd be more likely to sacrifice this cocker <laughs> yeah. spaniel and yeah. hold it up. It's uh, it's like I said, man. This whole thing is just bonkers. It <laughs> it's bizarre world.
1: Yeah. Well, he gives his dog to a production guy, and um, then he just. At the second box, I guess he just assumes that Big Show's in it, so he just kicks a hole right through the door. And uh, doesn't last long because Big Show comes out of the crowd from behind him and ah. starts beating him up and throws Taker into the box and punches him in the head and, starts, and starts gives him a chokeslam, actually. Gives him a big old Big Show chokeslam, you know, four weeks' worth of, I guess, uh, frustration that he hasn't, uh, welcomed his, his gifts he's been giving him, you know, his <laughs> apologies, so. He
0: spent so much money on these gifts, and I spent know. so much time handwriting those gift tags.
1: Exactly. The cranes he had to rent to get him in there. To, yeah. He had to rent two this night. So, yeah, it gives him a big old choke slam and uh, Taker sells it well. he just lays flat on his back, like, it's, it's devastating, you know, and I just wrote, like, that's <clears throat> to me, knowing what I know about wrestling, that's exactly how this part of the story should end, you know, like, the heel has been absent this whole time. He's been doing these stupid things to the baby face to <laughs> irritate him. The babyface can't get one up on him. The heel gets one more last thing up on him, gets the heat on him, and then you know the show's not winning. I mean, on at no way out. Spoiler alert. He's not going to, but you know he's not. And like that's just exactly what you want going to pay-per-view. I'm so sick and tired of two thousand nineteen when the baby face is up before the pay per view too. Like, this is how it should go. This is one oh one, you know? It is. I just I love it. I love seeing that. It was how it's how it's supposed to be.
0: So. But unfortunately, I think we learned why Big Show has never been as over as he could have been right here on this night. Because He never came out of a box during this whole build-up, man. That's why Big Show never lived up to his potential. If he'd have just been in that box right there. one of those boxes, man, (laughs) he'd been 10, 20-time world champion. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Well, uh, I think you're right, man. You just got to come out of a box. And, um, well, we do see, for some reason, we get this last shot of Big Show leaving in a limo during the break. And I noticed something. And I want everyone to rewind it again. This is this is SmackDown 183. Big Show leaves, and he dri- he and he leaves in a limo. And as the limo drives off, the camera focuses. On the right side of your screen is going to have a, a cop, but it's like a little person or whatever, <laughs> a midget, whatever you can call him. I'm not saying that in derogatory way. It's a small person. And I have listened to Big Show on Steve Austin's podcast multiple times. On Jericho's, I've listened to Hornswoggle, and they both had said Big Show is terrified of little people. Like, <laughs> literally terrified. So they, they, Hornswoggle would just go up and, like, hug him and mess with him just because he's scared. Um, so I think this is a rip, man. Maybe that's why he got out of Dodge. You saw the little the tiny cop, and he just got in the limo and left. Must laughed. have
0: been. Must <laughs> yeah, have been.
1: So, anyway, I just thought that was funny. I completely I missed and,
0: that.
1: I mean, I had to rewind it. It was a very small person it's a cop so. very
0: small moment on the show
1: it was man but what a way to cap <laughs> off the build and no way out why was it
0: necessary to watch him drive off like
1: i don't know so i guess just to show his heelish ways yeah
0: know. he's running away saying he can't yeah. wait to fight undertaker and he's running away from yeah her, i guess so we'll add but, touch well he's gonna ride all the way to montreal quebec canada february 23rd 2003 a long limo ride over there uh, for No Way Out 2003, and uh, I think both of us had this one on DVD mm-hmm. back in the day. And honestly, I have no idea why. I was thinking back, man, <laughs> I was what? like, this is not a particularly strong card at all. Um, I m- maybe I really wanted to see Austin's comeback. Uh, maybe it was this great Evanescence theme song that the pay per view had.
1: Uh, you had the CD, uh, didn't
0: you? Bring me a lot. <sighs> yeah, I did. Yeah. see out, man. It's yeah. A good album. Um, who knows, dude? I don't know why I was excited to see this pay per view. Just looking back at the car, and <laughs> I was like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> There's not like a standout match on here. Well,
1: I think it was because Awesome Return, and then it's Rock Hogan, too, man. And just Rock was so freaking entertaining at this point, too, you know? And I tell you, i tell you another reason why. This was 2003, and the spines of the DVDs made that, like, it said 2003 once you got all of them together. And it had it like and like you know it was a picture. Kind yeah. Of. So each each month was a different puzzle piece, basically. So that's probably why we had them. And I just posted on Facebook this past you know, earlier this week that I actually apparently had two copies because I had oh. two wrapped in cellophane in my garage. So I found <laughs> brand and new ones. So anyway, did, did you get Mick all two thousand three shows? No, I no, didn't. I
0: didn't
1: either, no. I know. It was disappointing to both of us. But we should have done that.
0: Because you could send in like the UPCs and get a free box. It yeah. In, I think oh, yeah. that's what
1: happened.
0: But, yeah. Yeah, I, who knows, man. But uh, we did definitely have seen this one before. Definitely enjoyed the show, I guess, back then. Uh, it's a Jericho. It was and, great. Oh, uh, the crowd's great awesome. crowd, yeah. yeah. Jericho and Jeff Hardy had a fun little match. And then... And you get Triple H and Steiner, too, as well. Mm. a event everyone was asking for.
1: What, wait. Rock and Hogan have wrestled twice, one-on-one, both in Canada.
0: Yep. How crazy is that? Yep. How crazy is Never that? in America.
1: Yeah, exactly. Never on American soil. So, man, yeah, uh, that um, Steiner match, again, he goes in his baby face and comes out of heel
0: <laughs> on accident. Because the hates
1: him. <laughs> it's Oof, bro, it's bro, even Steiner. worse than their role match, somehow. You think so? Mm, I think so, because the stink is laid on thick already, yeah. you know, like, World Rumble, is just the crowd turned on him, you know, quickly in the match, but at this point, they they weren't going to buy anything he was selling, you know, yeah. so.
0: I'm glad we did not have to cover yeah. the Taker-Steiner match from 2003, like, we did not ever get anything <laughs> like that, would not have been pretty, but, anyway, yeah. tonight we've got Taz and Michael Cole uh, on commentary for the SmackDown matches, as they should be, and... This match is going to go on fourth on the card. So yeah, we talk about that usually on these shows, and that's pretty low for Undertaker, even in a non-title match. He's usually up there second from the top, third from the top maybe, but this is right smack dab in the mid card.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's weird. There's a match on Heat, so I guess it's the fifth match of the night, but yeah, fourth one on the actual card, so really low, and he's going to sink even lower next week. <laughs> next next month, rather. Yeah, so anyway, but... um. Well, after Edge gets laid out backstage, we throw to a recap for Taker Big Show. I can't remember why Edge got laid out. Was he hurt?
0: Yeah, this was when was, he was out for. That's right, know, he got his broken neck.
1: That's right. It was him and him and supposed to be him and Benoit and Brock against Team Angle, right? Right. Six. But man. then it just wound up being a handicap match because Edge gets. Yeah. Um, so, um, but uh, we get again the recap for Taker Big Show. Everything we just talked about, but. You know, a couple episodes ago, you mentioned how they're selected with the song choices, and we talked about it tonight. Their edits and stuff. Here, when you get Canyon coming out of a box, his boy George is intact. <laughs> He's singing it.
0: What are they doing? man?
1: I don't know. There's no edit.
0: It makes no sense.
1: I love that there was no edits. I ah. loved hearing the real thing. But yeah, it was weird.
0: To WWE, please hire us to come fix this stuff for you. I know.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Get the original footage. If you can put it in there once, just put it in there every time.
1: They're like George Lucas. You know, just mess
0: <laughs> cut some stuff, don't cut some stuff.
1: Fre- Remaster the Star Wars movie. So. Yeah.
0: Well, the uh, the George Lucas to WWE, Paul Heyman, is going to come out with big the- <laughs> shit. I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Uh, he's going to come out with Big Show here and I guess Big Show's jeans are in the laundry because he's <laughs> just wearing his singlet tonight instead of the black jeans he's been wearing lately but you know, whatever.
1: Dude, I'm not going to lie man, I didn't hear uh, a reaction for Big Show.
0: Not Did much. You? <laughs> I
1: mean, Canadians react to everything. Exactly, like, I really didn't, and I'm not saying that, I'm not ribbing on Big Show, I just, I'm listening especially because it's in Canada, you know they're always a rabid crowd, like I didn't hear much of a reaction man, like, Either way, so I don't know, but maybe because it's a foregone conclusion, Taker's gonna <laughs> stomp the muddle in him. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, but and whatever. Di- did you realize that this is the? It's hard to believe, but this is the first pay-per-view match between Undertaker and Big Show. Like wow, you know they yeah, were. It is. They did their tag team run, and it looked like that was gonna build to something, but then Undertaker right. Right, went away. We thought, yep. yeah. <laughs> and then SummerSlam 2000, they built it up. But then Kane replaced the big show last minute. <laughs> yeah. And so they fought right. on TV a couple times. But it seems like even at this point, oh, surely they fought three or four times on pay-per-view. But this right. is the very first time.
1: Wow. That's crazy. I didn't even think about that when we were doing this. So that's weird. Yeah, you just kind of take it for granted that because of their history, they've they've appeared on pay-per-view before. Yeah. But they haven't. So really cool. Well, something else that hadn't appeared on pay-per-view before is Taker rocking these new leather pants he's got. It's got Big Evil written in silver, man, and I I dig it. it looks I good. love the change, yeah. man. It looks good. He looks in great shape. It's just uh, yeah. it looks phenomenal.
0: <laughs> Time off has been good to him. He, he really oh, yeah. does look uh, shredded like he hasn't in a while. Yeah,
1: Looks good. Well, he gets right in the ring, and as he does, you know, take or show, you know, powders out and gives him the ring and is doing his heel stuff, and Taker just backs into the top rope, puts his arm over it, and backflips out of it.
0: <laughs> and starts beating on Big Show. <laughs> <laughs> punching Big Show.
1: Uh, I guess his match is going to get started.
0: So um, That's classic Undertaker, man. He's yeah. fighting before the bell rings. I'll, I'll, it's good to see it back. We haven't seen it in a while.
1: Yeah, it's been missing. So he's He's got it going on here, so it's good. And then uh, he's punching him on the outside, and then Taker slides in the ring, and then uh, Cole then has to remind everyone how big of a moron he is. And he just goes, and now the big dog waits for his meat. <laughs> <laughs> Classicalism. I about
0: Roman Reigns nowadays. <laughs> don't wish for it because it might come true. The big dog.
1: I'm so tired of hearing that name. <laughs> Wow.
0: Well, Undertaker, he didn't want to wait, man, because he is starting this match off with his yes. little skull cap on, <laughs> yes. as if he's Grandmaster Sexay or B-Squared or something. He's just oh, very aggressive to start this match off, dude, D- dishing yeah. out elbows, and then hits the apron leg drop to start things off, and... Paul Heyman is just like he was during that Hell in a Cell. He's just screaming mm-hmm. in agony. No, no, it's the worst <laughs> thing ever at the yeah. very beginning of this match. It's yeah already awesome.
1: Oh yeah, it's good stuff, man. He adds so much, and like you said, he uh, Dagger even drop kicks Big Show like <laughs> uh, a short drop kick. Not not like a standing, but like when he's getting in the ring, it's a it's it's really neat though. But then I want to mention Taz's commentary because he has some interesting comments that. At the time when you're watching this, uh, it doesn't, it won't make sense until the ending of the match comes. But you know, so put yourself in 2003 shoes. But he's talking about how um, he talked to Taker backstage for 20 minutes earlier, and he talked. Taker talked about how the athletes of this generation are bigger, stronger, faster, and smarter. So he's having to change his style up and add some mixed martial arts in it now, which does make sense except for big show is neither smarter nor faster than taker but i understand what he's going for he's talking about the rest of the smackdown roster basically um but again it'll make sense in hindsight once we get to the finish of this match here but i just i just wanted to note that because like i said uh this the finish this match is strange for the time but it's it's really cool in hindsight so
0: and it's awesome to hear the commentators building up the story of what we're going to see in the match before exactly. we even tell- they're they're setting the scene for you if, yeah. you. if you're paying attention, if you're listening, exactly. Which you just it just doesn't happen anymore. They're too busy trying to get out. They're too busy making jokes and arguing with each other and, and trying yeah. to get each other. Out. Like I mean, I think Corey Graves and Renee Young are great, but too often and Byron Saxon or whatever, they're just bickering with each other and, and trying yeah. to pop each other instead of actually mm. talking about the match.
1: Yep exactly.
0: Well, Undertaker's going to go back to the well with some classic stuff again as he's going to go grab a chair and do some classic referee intimidation on Brian Hebner and Hebner just takes a bump and goes outside. <laughs> and while he's not looking, gets out dodge, man. While he's not looking, Big Show's going to pop up and punch that chair right into Undertaker.
1: Yeah. Punches it right into his face and then Big Show's on the offensive now and Taker is gonna get the upper hand for a second, and then Show's gonna miss a splash in the corner, and Taker tries a body slam, but Big Show just because he's a big guy just falls on him for a two count. And the story they're trying to tell is that Taker's bad back. You know, since the injury in October, I guess three months off wasn't enough to heal his back. But you know, um, that's the thing. Taker picked him up a body slam, but Big Show was too much for his back, so he fell on him. And it's amazing that they're trying to tell psychology in an Undertaker Big Show match.
0: It is, dude, and, and I really appreciated that. We're gonna see mm-hmm. this throughout the whole thing of Taker not being able to hit his big moves on on the bigger the bigger big show. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> it's really good storytelling. Um, the Canadian crowd is all in on it and this is really I don't know if this is the very first time, but it's in the early days of them doing the two every time right. somebody does a two count. And it might have been the very first show they we ever heard that, but uh, it's yeah. it's one of the first. Um, this big show—he's really starting to take over here. He hits a big vertical suplex for a two-count, and then he uh, pulls a page out of Dolph Ziggler's book and hits those heart attack elbows. Just keeps dropping, drops mm-hmm. six in a row, standing elbow drops on Big Show uh, or on Undertaker. You know those elbow drops that gave Jerry Lawler a shoot heart attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> But it only gets a two count on Undertaker. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: he's not going to get a heart attack here. No, not quite. But um, crowd boos the entire uh, even louder every time he drops another elbow. The crowd's booing louder and louder. So good heat for him. And Tiger kicks out like you said. and He starts firing back, but he gets caught in a bear hug, which again is actually a big show showing psychology here. You know, like uh, who knew these two big guys were going there and you know show some technical psychology? It's good stuff, man and uh crowd's trying to get taker out of the hole you know cheering him on willing him on and he's uh gets out because he starts he pulls those old trusty suit bones out and starts busting t- uh big show in the head with him so
0: yeah speaking of mma undertaker is doing a lot of punches mm-hmm. in this match it, it kind of feels it feels very ufc influenced his whole mm-hmm. working style in this match as he's we're going to see some submissions that he uses, but also doing the striking uh, more of that than really we, we're used to even seeing at this point.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, for all the good psychology we've seen, I want to mention this one little dud here. Okay. Was that big show – he throws Taker to the outside, and then Taker, like, literally four seconds later, just slaps back in. Like, there was no... show didn't follow up with anything. I don't know if he was just gassed from the six elbow drops or what. So, it was just kind of funny. He just threw him out, and Taker like, ah, he just got him like, in the ring.
0: Not it's perfect. Like,
1: yeah. yeah. It was funny, though. I just thought it was a hilarious spot. So, Well, then we're going to get a, a big spot here, which is cool.
0: Big Show hits a big old headbutt on The Undertaker and busts Taker open, and... I don't know if he busted himself up in a little bit too, but uh, there's blood on both guys' foreheads off of this.
1: Yeah, if you pay close attention, I had to rewind it. You could see Taker blade himself right before that okay. headbutt. Yeah, he. I didn't even catch it. This time. He slices him. Well, I was I was wondering. I was like, he headbutt him that hard yeah. that they're immediately gushing because you know, I mean, that has happened. I remember Sheamus did that to Daniel Bryan, and Daniel Bryan and Dolph Ziggler did that together, and. So right. it has happened before, uh, especially in, I think those Japanese guys do it all the time. But anyway, I was like, let me go rewind that. Because I don't – and I said, you see Taker Blade real quick. But um, he – yeah, it's pff, it's gross though. So,
0: <laughs> it's not it's, it's not no mercy level. No, no, no. Not even close. But
1: uh, this is a lot – he's throwing a lot of blood here this, in this era, you know?
0: He is. You know, it's the last three matches we've covered. Have mm-hmm. bad, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Heyman is on the outside. He wants Big Show to go for the kill. He's telling him to kill the legend. And he's yeah. screaming. And this Montreal crowd is screaming too. They are chanting, yeah. Taker, Taker, Taker and he's trying to show some signs of life, but Big Show is just continuing to dominate him here.
1: He is. And then Taker's gonna intimidate Hebner again out of the ring. It just Brian seeing Brian Hebner run away from our taker is great, man. That's I funny. love it. So it's just it runs in the family and then Undertaker's uh, going to hit a couple stinger splashes and go in for a choke slam but he can't get big show big show up you know yep. he can't lift him up so again who knows who be psychology this is not Bret Hardy's facing it's big show so. <laughs> um, but it's cool stuff
0: well Undertaker ducks a pair of clotheslines from Big Show and then hits one of his own signature jump and running clotheslines for a 2 count he wrenches the arm on Big Show and is able to hit old school, but mm-hmm. Big Show stays standing off of this one. He can't quite knock him down, and so Undertaker he's going to go for that choke slam again. But Big Show <laughs> goes for one of his own, and so they double goozle each other. And as they're fighting to get that choke slam, they bump into Brian Hebner, and uh, Taker uses the moment to hit a Death Valley blow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, cook shot in on Big Show,
1: kicks him right in the old pants, man. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Definitely showing some heel stuff you know and then taker hits a run in EDT which is always a great spot to see and gets a two count and then um we see a bloody face taker he's signaling for the last ride but he can't quite get show up you know I don't think he could have got to show up on a good day no. his back <laughs> so um, yeah and then big show reverses out of it and he's been watching some tape this month and he was off.
0: That's right, dude. He's been
1: watching old Arn. And Arn Anderson. Saw
0: a clip of WrestleMania X8 and hits yeah. a little spine buster. Not Arn Anderson level, but still no. pretty good. Gets a two yeah. count off of it. So every time Undertaker tries one of these big moves, Big Show reverses it and gets a two count off of mm-hmm. it. He's nearly this close to putting Undertaker away. And uh, Show, he's been watching some Undertaker tape too because he hits Undertaker's movie. He hits the Snake Eyes. On yeah. Undertaker and hits a clothesline for another two count.
1: Yeah, he does. And um, Haven is encouraging Big Show and just you know, uh, you know, kind of saying you know, like I said to go for it and to kind of get Taker down. And Big Show's yelling for Taker to stay down. And then uh, they they both kind of get up. And I think Big Show's gonna try to do something. something. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm
0: not sure he it's goes, an actual wrestling move. Yeah. But lifts him into some (laughs) weird position
1: yeah and as he does taker uh, reverses it and locks in the taker care business which again we've seen him put the a-train out with recently here so we know it's it still it still works on big guys so heyman hops up on the apron and so taker lets go of the tcb and goes after him and then heyman gets back up uh, to distract the referee and then
0: (laughs) the a-train comes rolling into the station and he knocks Taker over, and uh, so Taker is just like, F it, and he runs, <laughs> hits the ropes, and out of nowhere, hits that flying cow dive <laughs> over the top rope onto A-Train and Heyman. We hadn't yes. seen him do this in a while, but I, know. The, we, I loved it, the crowd loved it, oh. they popped huge, it was an awesome moment. That
1: might be why we bought this DVD. Maybe. Maybe that right there. (laughs) It's worth it. Because I did not remember that was coming at all, man. Like, and just seeing it out of left field, you know, in my opinion, was crazy. Like I said, Montreal loves it. We love it. It was awesome. And seeing him take Heyman down was was awesome. You know, Heyman's been throwing his side since, uh, well, since his whole thing with Brock, you know, so. And you
0: know, cool. Taker's not like a Finn Balor who's going to do a suicide right. dive in every single match, right? And he saved this for big moments. We've only mm-hmm. seen a handful of these, so to see him busted out here, you knew you were getting something special.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And he's he's uh, got something special flowing to his veins right here. He looks crazy, and he looks he looks like he's insane. He got a shot of adrenaline. He gets in the ring. The crowd's got a shot of John. They're going nuts, man. They're just loving after that big spot with him, you know, flying cow over the top rope. The crowd is going crazy. Uh, they're cheering him on, and then Big Show is going to hit a choke slam, and he's uh, going to go for a pin, but that's going to get reversed here to something that we will come to know very familiar. Well, we'll come to be very familiar with. But at this point, it was out of left field.
0: It was Big Show hooks the leg. But as he's doing that, Undertaker is able to wrap his legs around Big Show's arm. And Show's trying to wiggle out and pin Taker as he's doing this. But Undertaker turns this into a triangle submission hold. Yeah, He's been watching his UFC. He locks this in. And Big Show passes out from the pain. And Brian Debner calls for the bell. There's no tap out or anything. Mm -mm. He just sees Big Show going out. And very UFC style. He calls for the bell and Undertaker gets the win via submission with this triangle submission hold. And this is really the first time we've ever seen him do this move. And eventually it would go on, uh, sort of a version of that would go on to be known as his Hell's Gate submission that he would use uh, for many years after this.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and like I said, it's 14 minutes uh, into the match, eight seconds, and then that you know the ref calls for the bell, and crowd's confused because again, this is a brand new move. You mm-hmm. know, um, it's not like when Chris Jericho just had a new move and he debuted it on Twitter a couple of days before and right. built it up. He didn't have that. You know, um, Big Show. I mean, Stephen me, Taker had to debut it here, and um, so it's kind of it, it was unexpected for sure, but commentary is putting over the way that taker adapted you know to the big show was able to you know uh thwart all of his his attacks and he had to come up with something new so again totally out of left field i like it i dig it i like where it's going because we have the benefit of hindsight but um really did throw the crowd off for a second there but you know they're happy to take her one
0: obviously. yeah i mean it's not a typical wrestling move either right
1: exactly yeah Exactly. So it was really neat. And seeing he he won with the, with the uh, Taker Care business in plenty of matches at this point, but seeing him add a new submission was definitely you know adding more uh, more little arrows in his quiver here, of things he can finish a match with.
0: It was, dude, and but it's not quite the end of everything here. As Undertaker, he's not done with Big Show. He threw him off the stage, put him out of action for a few months. So he goes outside and he grabs a chair... But the A-Train comes rolling back into the station, cuts (sighs) him off, and hits the derailer, his little choke slam bomb on Undertaker. And I'll tell you what, man. I hate A-Train. I can't take him seriously (laughs) with his stupid friggin' nipple rings. But he did show a lot of intensity in this little moment. and You know, he he hit that move with a lot of power and a lot of strength. And, you know, another guy, I might have been really into this, but this furry... Idiot with <laughs> nipple rings and the bull ring through his nose. I know he. I know he could come in this room right now and destroy me and murder me. But I can't take yeah. him seriously. Like I can't be intimidated yeah. by this guy.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. We feel the same way. We do. But yeah, they were giving him the old big test push here, the DNA push. Both these guys are always getting pushes, and uh it ain't happening. But we'll see. Again, Big Show, A Train, and Nathan Jones are three names we keep mentioning okay. and they're all gonna come back next week. So um we see A Train and Big Show or excuse me, A Train helping Big Show leave and they go up the ramp with Heyman and Taker's, you know, looking bloody still and he's looking at the crowd and the crowd's cheering him on and um it was this wasn't my favorite match you've covered, but I, I really do like the ending and, and it was a good psychology, man. Like I just I did not expect this. It wasn't bad at all, but it wasn't my favorite one we've seen, you know, so far, but I really did I really
0: did kind of dig it though. Dude, I would say I liked it even more than you did, man. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Maybe I had just the lowest of expectations cuz it's big show and Undertaker <laughs> and just in my mind I was dreading it getting to this point. I didn't think this was going to be a fun one at all and maybe it was just the build up putting me in a good mood being so silly but yeah. <laughs> i thought these two guys knew exactly how to work with each other yeah. undertaker especially he came to work tonight doing his mm-hmm. little doing that giant dive to the outside and i just really really appreciated the story that they told it uh, yeah. throughout the match it was perfectly enjoyable professional wrestling in my book i you know uh, would watch that any day out of the week man I, it was a fun match it was like three, three and a half stars for me. You know, not the best thing in the world, but you know, total thumbs up for me. Totally unexpected, um, and I would recommend it if you haven't seen it and just looking for a random fun match to watch. It's not in the upper echelon of matches, but right. surprisingly <clears throat> entertaining in my oh, opinion. Oh yeah,
1: no, I was not let down. Yeah, I'm not trying to. I mean, I'm not trying to undersell it here, but it just wasn't you. my favorite. Yeah, but I, I was not uh, not let down at all. And. Isn't it weird, though, that he debuts this MMA style, uh, this other, you know, gear of his MMA style against Big Show, not like a Kurt Angle or Benoit or Edge or Eddie or something? Like, it's just, it's weird that, um, but again, it it told the story of the match. He couldn't do anything else. He had to resort to something else, so.
0: Yeah, and in a sense, you know, that's kind of what MMA is about, is like being able to use somebody's body against them and then being Mm -hmm. able to defeat the bigger guy, like those early first UFC pay-per-views where you'd have little guys against giants before they had yeah. weight divisions and stuff that's kind exactly. of the story of that so it's cool to see it and just think about Undertaker's been there for 13 years at this point and he's busting out new moves and innovating <laughs> stuff yeah. like Hulk Hogan over on Raw or over on you know over on SmackDown and whatever he's doing against The Rock I don't think he debuted any new moves in that match no. He I don't think that. he was doing anything new against man but Undertaker's here, and he's still innovating he's 13 years into his career, trying to evolve, trying to change, and that that's why we're doing this show, man. That's what it's yep. all about.
1: Well, not not even just Hulk Hogan. I don't think Austin did anything new either. Oh, you know heck what I'm saying? Now <laughs> no, Rock changed his character and was a heel and stuff, but he didn't do anything new. I mean, he didn't but, do anything so, new in the
0: ring either.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you're right, man. This is why, like you said, this is why we're doing this show. It's why it's is talk and taker.
0: And it will continue to be talk and taker next week as we keep rolling, 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 rolling on to the last ride of Undertaker's career, as we. Hit the streak yet again. WrestleMania 19 with, it. well, it's certainly a match that happened in that streak. Let's just mm. say that it is a match between The Undertaker and a handicap match. Maybe his biggest challenge yet against the A-Train and the Big Show at WrestleMania 19. Yes, folks, we're going to cover that. Arguably, the worst match least exciting match in the undertaker's streak i don't know we'll analyze it we'll look back at it we'll tell you how we got to this from weird Gonzalez story match. I, don't, I don't know <laughs> it, it's certainly the uh the lowest on the card i think we'll ever see undertaker mm, here, yeah. and it's uh, it's we'll, we'll talk about how it went off the rails what went wrong here with this build up in this match but before we get there we want to hear what you thought about this match. Did it catch you off guard? Did you enjoy it as much as we did? Uh, did were you disappointed by it? What are your thoughts on Undertaker versus Big Show? Hit us up on social media at Talking Taker on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and on all the various podcasting platforms like Spotify, Podbean, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, all that good stuff. We would love to hear from you, and if you could throw us a line, Give us a subscription or a rating, and really just tell your friends. Man, we are trying to grow this podcast still. We have not even come close to being finished yet. We are riding into episode 100 here in a few weeks, and we want to blow it out for our 100th episode. We are getting close to 2,000 Twitter followers, and I would love to see us hit 2,000 by the time we get to our 100th episode here in about six weeks. So if you could share the show, invite your wrestling fans and friends, uh, tell them about it, tell them they'd enjoy it, tell them they can jump right in whenever, and if we do hit 2,000 episodes, or 2,000 Twitter followers, we will throw you guys 2,000 episodes, good night Uh, (laughs) I don't think I can make it, man (laughs) I can make it to 200 I can't make it to 2,000 But uh, we'll throw you guys a bonus show We'll go back and hit one of those Royal Rumbles that we missed or skipped over earlier on in the show, and throw another watch-along commentary for one of those. Uh, we'll let you guys uh, vote on it. And then, uh, yeah, just a couple of mentions to some of our Twitter followers out there. Uh, they uh, We heard from Dr. St. Ridley Santos. Well, I can't say his name. St. Ridley Santos, St. Ridley on Twitter, uh, who mentioned something we, I guess we missed or didn't notice last week on the Rumble episode, he gave us a fun fact. Said Undertaker has only ever made the final four in a Rumble match when he draws number thirty. uh so yeah, interesting. I had never picked up on that or realized that, but hmm. something interesting. He's not. I guess he's not that great of a Royal Rumble performer.
1: <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe
0: not. But um, our a couple other of our friends at the Twisted Turnbuckle at WWE Nostalgic Twenty Two. Uh, noted as we did that this match was the debut of the Triangle Chokehold. And Philip Goad noted just three words that he remembered about this build up George Michael Canyon. <laughs> what more do you need to say, man? <laughs> so uh, let us know, man. What was your George favorite Michael gift? Canyon. Which which gift would you have loved to receive from Undertaker? What was your favorite, Travis? Was it Kendrick? Was it Canyon? Was it Brother Love?
1: Dude, it's Canyon. Ah. Uh, it's who better with the the inside out beard, <laughs> with the culture club outfit? and Who better than Canyon? I mean, golly, that's I want that in my house. That uh, uh, you Never know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what was your favorite gift out of those? Ah
0: oh, man, you gotta go with that. But uh, yeah, K- Kendrick, uh, I'll say Brian Kendrick. Just well, a yeah. different. That was great.
1: Sure. Too. Um, oh, and we do want to mention that uh, Taker will be, if you're listening to this at, live or uh, on Friday when it comes out uh, Taker will be a Raw on Monday uh, for a brief appearance before he heads off to Saudi Arabia to face Goldberg So, that episode will drop on the day that we release our WrestleMania 19 episode, so we won't get to We'll, we'll, we'll mention that in, in a minute
0: Well, the uh, episode of Iron Taker facing Goldberg will drop sometime in 2020 but, yes, um, <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, we, we will talk about it on the show. Or 21,
1: we'll, whatever. <laughs>
0: we'll watch it and give you some brief comments on it and some uh, uh, right-off-the-bat analysis on yeah. that one. But we'll do a full breakdown of it in our signature Eventually. style. Eventually.
1: <laughs> we'll get there. Sorry. I just want to mention, we're going to have to take a Siding coming up soon. Yeah,
0: so. I'm excited for it.
1: Yeah. But anyway, with that being said, Ladies and gentlemen, if you were there, if you were in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, maybe, I wonder if uh, Sandy Zane and Kevin Owens were in this show. They're from there, so Mm, who knows? Should have done a little research myself. Oh, well, my bad. (laughs) Too late now. So, I wonder if they were there. If any of you were there, if you got to see Rock Hogan 1 and Rock Hogan 2, we want to hear from you. Because that would be really neat little fact there. I know that Toronto and Montreal aren't the same city. They're in different provinces. I understand that. But anyway, it'd just be cool to see if somebody was there. But if you were there, let us know what you thought. We saw this match when you witnessed the flying cow? What your initial reactions were when Taker won with a different submission? So anyway, let us know what you think. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, Taker easy. No, 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 no.
0: You obviously came out here for a reason. Yes, sir. Before you wet yourself, you might better give me that reason. Well, well, sir, I have a, a singing
1: telegram from the big show. <laughs> he, oh, he's really, really sorry. Yes, he's really, really sorry. He'll never, ever do it. Oh, no, he'll never do it.
0: Big finish now. He'll never ever do it again! I'm not believing this. Well, kid, thanks for coming. Nice to know you. Just another victim.